Fish and Ahita. And I'm DeFi250. And I'm Blame Jamal. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP podcast that doesn't want to brag, but we've done at least 10 Wayfarer nominations. DeFi and Jamal, what's going on in PvP? Well, we have a lot to talk about. First off, welcome in Jamal. Thank you so much for recording with us this week. It's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to it. Uh, One other thing, listeners, (laughs) that you might notice before we jump in is this is coming up as a separate uh, episode. This is coming up as a separate podcast in that same GoCast podcast feed. This is something that Fish and I are going to try out, especially this is a great week to do it since this is going to be a super long episode. We have so much to discuss. But let us know. We'll remind you again at the end of the segment. But just let us know what you think. Do you like this being a separate uh, podcast in that same feed for PvP Corner? Let us know. We're excited to hear your feedback. But that's it for that for now. We got to talk about Jamal. Jamal, where might the people know you from? So I'm I'm notoriously known as the guy that was at GoFest wearing a shirt with my picture on it. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I am one of the co-hosts of the Wastebotters podcast. And I, I, I come on the podcast and I talk about how to put points of interest on the map. And so everybody has more things to spin. And for the battlers, you get more stardust and more items that you can use. So we try to help everybody. And that is so important to be able to have a better game board. So the work that you do over at Wayfarer is super important to all parts of Pokemon Go. So very, very good stuff. But today, instead of Wayfarer focused, we're going to be very PvP focused. And starting off with Go Battle League. Uh, Fish, how was your Go Battle League this week? It was Open Great League and the Ultra League Fantasy Cup. Pretty good start for me. I did have a record of it was like sixty wins out of out of ninety battles at uh, one stage doing Fantasy Cup. I was running a team of Tapu Fini, uh, Giratina, and Lucario in the back. I did start with the altered form Giratina, which is the one with the legs. I switched that to uh, to Origin form eventually just because i liked the extra shield pressure which would kind of open things up for the lucario and the tapu fini to be able to land those nuke moves later and yeah it's it's been going really well for me uh we are now in the color cup though so we'll have to talk about that in a second jamal um have you been participating in gbl so far yet this season so I, my goal every season is to get to ace at a minimum and the last right. four seasons i've gotten to ace and this week, so my week in PvP, I only did 16 battles, but I won 10 out of 16 battles, Ooh. and my longest streak was five. So I kind of like jump in and jump out, so I'll get to ace by the end of the year. So I finished last season. I didn't do as many battles as you guys did, but I went 153 for 285 with my longest streak of 10, and I finished in the ace ranking. So I dabble. I'm not that good. And I, well, I guess I'm okay. And my team, I haven't changed my open great league team in forever. And my team is Azumarill, Stun, uh, Galarian Stunfisk, and Swampert in the back. So that's the team that I live and die with. Yeah, that's really cool. It's um, so we call that an ABA line where you've got kind of the, the lead Pokemon has the same kind of role as one of the Pokemon in the back. You've got basically two water Pokemon. So, uh, what, what, uh, that has some advantages and some disadvantages where uh, if your opponent leads with a grass type then oh i'm done 
I run. I run. Not necessarily because <laughs> uh, your your Azumarill is so bulky and can you know hang in there with even the things that counter it that by the time your Azumarill actually goes down, you might have taken out most of that grass Pokemon, which means it actually frees things up for the Swampert in the back. And there's like so few people are running two grasses these days. <laughs> um, so the Swampert's actually a lot safer in the back at that point. Yep. It, it, it's done me well. Um, I, I'm here to learn. I'm really excited to learn more about what you guys do and build some like spicier teams. But my Swampert does work. As the kids say, and as long as I he he's he's really allergic to grass, so as long as I keep him away from the grass mm-hmm. Pokemon, I do pretty well. So last week going ten for sixteen, I felt pretty good about that. Yeah, congratulations! No, that man. is awesome. Yeah, that is a really really good record. So as I mentioned, we are moving into the color cup now, which is fire, water, grass, and electric type Pokemon. So I, I call that like the yellow starters. It's it's basically uh, the three typical starter types plus your your pikachu type in the electric so the top 10 for that are toxapex trevenant shadow and regular abomasnow tropius victini shadow zapdos ferrothorn gorgeist the large and the super size mantine shadow and regular swampert and shadow and regular shiftry defy do you have any thoughts on that top 10 uh, Toxapex just seems really, really good here with all the grass types out there uh, because of that poison typing with poison jab, uh, being able to run both sludge wave and brine. If you wanted to be really nasty, you could run gunk shot. Hmm. I just be just because I love that move. Sludge wave's better in this case, but sometimes you just want to throw <laughs> a trash can at people. I think Trevenant is also going to be incredibly popular. Uh, just because it is so versatile and because it's such a staple in the play Pokemon meta. I think a lot of people have them and it's so good in open great league as well. So I I think Toxapex and Trevenant are both going to be really popular picks. Mm, Yeah. I think those two together cover the entire meta. Um, And it's then just dealer's choice, what your third Pokemon is going to be. And you basically want to bring something that will challenge both of those, which there aren't too many things that do. There's actually literally three Pokemon in the meta that can beat both of them. Uh, And I'm personally running one of them in Shadow Zapdos. Jamal, are you going to be playing any Color Cup or are you going to continue with Open Great League? You know, I I really try to stay within my comfort zone Mm. and, and run Open Great League, but I'm willing to give it a shot. So I do have a PvP Trevenant with the right kind of IVs and I have a Shadow Obama Snow uh, I haven't built either one out, so I guess I can try to go and look for that Toxapex and give it a try. So I'm always willing to try new things. Yeah, you could run like the Toxapex in the front, um, safe swap the Trevenant, and then see if Shadow Obama Snow could clean up in the back. Does that make sense to you, Fish? Yeah, that does. Absolutely. I have seen a few Charizard and Talonflame running around, so it'd be good to use the Trevenant to draw out that fire Pokemon if they've got it. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of makes things a lot easier for a bomber snow. Nice. I'm going to try it. So March 15th to March 27th, the Open Ultra League and Great Lake Psychic Cup. So it looks like only psychic types are allowed. So Mew is banned. So everybody out there with the Mew kind of sad face. And PvP folks <laughs> top 10 is something. Now, this is kind of exciting because I read over this earlier. So I was excited to talk about this. So we got Victini. 
We've got Galarian Rapidash, which I just want to brush every time I see it. I just want to get out a brush and just brush it and just wash it down. Anyways, that's probably my own personal thing. So um, Aloan Raichu, Gardevoir, both Shadow and Regular, uh, Malamar, uh, XL Medichan, which is really, really good. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I have one. Bronzog, Cresselia, XL Wobbuffet, Galarian Slowking. So I think that's a really good line looking over PV Poke. They do such a great job over there. And I think for the novices, if you just look at their top 10 and figure out what you have, it's going to get you a little bit further along than if you just pick something on your own. And I actually have something to add because I wrote out that list before this new event dropped. Bruxish is a psychic type. That new fish with the with the teeth mm-hmm. that you've been seeing out there, <laughs> it actually snuck its way. All the other Pokemon are still in that top 10 that I mentioned, but Bruxish kind of wiggled its way up to number three because Ooh. it runs bite. So if it's allowed, if they don't ban it, which they could ban it uh, for the Psychic Cup because it runs mm. bite, which is it's dangerous. Pretty, pretty busted here, yeah. Is it Psychic Water? Yes, it's a psychic so, and yeah. water type Pokemon. It runs bite and crunch. So, <laughs> wow. That those, might get banned. Those teeth are going to give me nightmares. <laughs> I know. I don't like I. I'm sure someone out there has Bruxish as a favorite Pokemon. But yeah, the human like teeth on a fish is not. I don't. No, thank you. <laughs> In summary, no thank you. But if if it's allowed, that will shake up the meta a little bit. However, that Victini and Galarian Rapidash will still be just as good as it was last season. And the last time we had a Psychic Cup, those two kind of ran everything. Galarian Rapidash was incredibly busted because there's not a lot that hard counters it other than the Victini. Um, I would say that if Bruxish does become very popular, the Victini will actually suffer because it's uh, only really running the fire type moves in this cup. And like, it's got no reason for psychic and, uh, being a water type Pokemon Bruxish will be able, should be able to tank that pretty easily. I don't know how bulky Bruxish is. Well, (laughs) it's got an overall stat product of 1626. Okay. So... That's low. It's so that's low, but it's not awful. Yeah. Uh, so Victini could probably still maybe take it out in a couple of V creates or maybe like an overheat in a V create. Yeah. So we'll have to see. On March the 22nd to 29th, we have Open Ultra League and the Great League Mountain Cup, which is ice, ground, rock, and steel type Pokemon eligible with Swampert banned. Thank goodness. Um, the <laughs> oh poor Swampy, yeah, poor Swampy. It's just too good. We can't let it play <laughs> with the other children. Um, the PB Poke ratings are not out for that meta yet, so we will bring that to you when they are. And then during that week of Open Ultra League and Great League Mountain Cup, we will have on Saturday, March 25th, Go Battle Day Palmer. So just be sure to mark your calendars. That'll be the first Go Battle Day of the season to get some avatar items from, uh, I think it, oh, what's his full title? It is Battle Tower Tycoon Palmer. Um, fun, funny thing that I didn't get to bring up last week when we were recording with Chris and Kyle was that um, Chris brought up Palmer and goes, and and he's the uh, 
the professor for X region, right? And in my head, I went, <laughs> don't be silly, Chris. All the professors are named after trees. There's no such thing as a palmer tree. so uh fish moment um so that is go battle league for now time to move on to our sylph check-in jamal have you played much sylph so i have not played much sylph so the whole pick six show three format, I mm. understand it, but I've been afraid to dip my toes into it. So mm-hmm. Sylph is not something that I am overly familiar with. I've gotten got used to my great league where I just pick my three and just go headlong into the wall. Yeah, and that's that's actually that was the catalyst that got us together for this recording this week because we will get to it later, but you are looking to go headfirst into the the tournament style of play with uh, the play Pokemon Charlotte tournament. Absolutely. I've already registered. I've given my money. I'll show up and get my hat and my t-shirt and I'm going to try to make some noise while I'm there. (laughs) Um, So uh, right now we have completed the Nyad cup and we're heading into wave two of the Silverina season for this year, which is starting with the Ionic cup. So DeFi, how did your Nyad cup finish up? It actually went better than I thought it was going to. I was really nervous because I did almost no Ember Cup in the first month of the wave. And then in the second month, I'm like, oh, no, I've got to catch up. I've got to do a bunch of Nyad Cup tournaments. Never again. I don't like doing five (laughs) online tournaments at once. It's very confusing and difficult to coordinate with people all around the world. And did you have different teams for each tournament? Yes, I had different. I had... Not for each, but yeah. I had several different teams yeah. that I was working between. So every time I battled someone, I had to trip, double and triple check my team to make sure I was bringing the correct Pokemon. And it was that very sounds stressful. So stressful. But I, yeah. It was so stressful. Uh, because if you bring the wrong Pokemon, it's an automatic loss. Oof. Mm. So I had to make sure that I was bringing, you know, if this is the team that has Lugia... You know, or is this not the team that has Lugia? Or is this the one where I brought the Pelipper? So trying to, <laughs> trying to remember all of that. But I went 15 and 8. I didn't mess that up at all. So that was really nice. And yeah, just really happy to finish on a positive note for the season. I did not quite hit that purple challenger rank quite, but I am incredibly close. Like the bar is like right there. <laughs> How was your spice ranking? Oh, my spice ranking, 31 out of 100 currently. That's a good score, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. I think Pelipper in Nyad Cup and Buswell, I think, in Nyad Cup did that for me. (laughs) uh, Because I ran, yeah, those Pokemon were pretty pretty unique. My Lugia as well. Not a lot of people ran Lugia. Mm. And I really ended up enjoying that Lugia. Getting to Aeroblast things is just... (laughs) a different kind of joy i'm telling you <laughs> i love how much you came around it like when at the start of the month you're like yeah tried lugia nah and <laughs> you were like yeah i'm kind of i'm actually coming around on lugia and now uh, like to finish off you're like lugia is god <laughs> like when i could line it up correctly and get it on like the greedent or get it on an altaria and really like 
get to get the work in. It was it was pretty impressive. And again, anything has to be afraid of Aeroblast. So it was really good yeah. at drawing shields. For me, I uh, I did mention a couple of episodes ago that I was just on an absolute tear during Nyad Cup. I, I think I said I was 10 and 1. Um, I then went to OCIC and did really well there. And coming back, uh, like everything was such a whirlwind. I was trying to catch up on a whole bunch of work, uh, like, uh, and, and yeah, a lot of stuff happening. And I just fell right off a cliff. <laughs> um, so I ended up winning uh, probably like two of my remaining battles. There was even one tournament where I, I got removed because I just couldn't get my matches done in time. Yeah, it's, uh, it was just I, I didn't have the time to actually focus on Sylph again. So I've dropped outside. Uh, like I, I started the season after the first month being at like number 40-something in the world. <laughs> um, now I've dropped outside what, the top 150. Yeah, I'm currently around 270, I think, yeah. right now. Yeah. So still comfortably in the top 500 where I Yeah, which stay. is great. That's um, very impressive. Yeah, yeah. The GoCast tournament finished in a four-way tie between E110, Camo McG08, Hoosier Data 13, and Triptando. A couple highlights from those players' teams. Triptando ran a Genesect and a Wormadam Trash, which I don't think I saw enough of throughout all the tournaments I was in. Wormadam Trash is can be very, very good. Mm. And taking a look who's your data run ran shadow snorlax uh which again not as popular of a choice but probably worked out pretty well for him as well as running dugong uh kind of as a sneaky ice type in there camo ran the wormadam trash again as well as defense form deoxys which works pretty well considering there weren't a lot of counter users in this meta so having access to a counter user uh, to be able to fight back against things like greedent uh, makes a lot of sense. And then E110 ran the Pokemon that my team just could not handle, which is a Charger Bug. I can't beat it. The second I saw that Charger Bug, I thought, like, I'm well. going to, well, I'm done. <laughs> and it was right because E110 swept me in the tournament. Uh, and it was all on that Charger Bug. He, I think he even said, like, I saw you had no counters to it. And he just brought it every time and beat mm, me. Yeah. So a, a very bulky Pokemon. There was a reason it was banned in the Electric Cup. It is very, very good. But the team that we want to really spotlight from this tournament is ZT Smith, who came into this as the highest ranked competitor. And he decided to uh, go a bit bit nuts <laughs> with his team. He brought... Uh, Jamal, have you... Did you see the link that we sent you in the... In, I did. The, I'm looking at it right yeah. now. You're looking at it now? I'm looking so at it right now. And Do you want to read that out and tell me any thoughts that pop up about this team? So we're looking at the Mewtwo, the Scizor, mm -hmm. the Lapras, the Dragonite, the Snorlax, and the Quagsire. Now, they're all shadows. Am I reading that right? This is a that you are shadow correct, team. Yeah. All shadow so team. what I know from shadow is they will deal out a lot of, uh, uh, they'll deal out a lot of attack, but if they get hit, they're like super glassy. So that's quite the risk in having an all shadow team. Am I, am I, am I right about that? Yep, exactly right. Uh, especially some of these 
specific Pokemon. Mewtwo is already a very glassy Pokemon, so you're dialing back its defense another 20% from there. Same with Scizor and Dragonite. The other three Pokemon, the Lapras, Snorlax, and Quagsire, they are a bit bulkier, so it's not as big a deal that they get that defense drop. Um, you're, you're really just benefiting from the extra attack they give out. But yeah, it's a really interesting team and would uh, take a lot of skill to be able to navigate. Do you guys see all shadow teams like that, or is that pretty rare? I think incredibly rare. rare. Yeah, okay. that's pretty rare. <laughs> we do see a lot of people um, like saying they'll do it just for fun, but it's uh, it's not that common, right? Okay, yeah, that, and this was definitely, I think, one of ZT Smith's fun teams because he is currently ranked number twelve in the United States, forty five in the world. So an incredible battler, and I think was just out here to have some fun with his shadow Pokemon. And I hope he did because that was that is a crazy team. <laughs> yeah. The first tournament that I played um, this that month was an in person tournament, and that particular tournament i lost two battles for the whole day I, I did very well one of them was to a dude who brought his shadow mewtwo and um in the third battle didn't bring it in the first two but brought it in the third and i made the mistake of letting a psi strike through on my greedent and oh boy <laughs> like <laughs> I, I think it got it so low that it i might have been able to like farm the greedent down from there <laughs> With psycho cuts. <laughs> and if you don't know out there, Greedent is a tank. Yeah. Greedent is an incredibly bulky Pokemon. So, yeah, kind of like when I hit it with an Arrow Blast. An Arrow Blast doesn't even one-shot a Greedent. Yeah. Wow. It takes it down kind of low, but Greedent is very tanky. He just takes those slaps and says, give me another one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've got Ionic Cup, as mentioned happening in March. This is a restricted slot style meta. We don't get a lot of these and they can get mixed reactions from the community when they happen, but I haven't I haven't heard too much negative commentary about this one. This seems to be a pretty popular one. So the idea behind Ionic Cup is they've got a select group of Pokémon that they've labeled the Electrons and they're all electric types. You have to have an electron in your team. Then they've got another group of Pokemon that they've called the Protons and another group that they've called the Neutrons. Now, you can or you, you can have one from each of those groups in your team, but you don't have to. And then they've just got a kind of catch-all group aside from that that you have to fill out the rest of your team in. So you have a few options on how you want to build that team. You can have the Electron, the Proton, and the Neutron, and then have three of the kind of catch-alls or you can just have your electron and then have five catch-alls but just a note this is an incredibly restricted meta there's less than if you take shadows out of the equation there's probably only 60 pokemon total not even to choose from it's a very limited list and then only a handful of those are even really really good do you two like the limited meta or do you like more of an open meta? I'm not sure if I like it this limited. This is <laughs> very small. Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like, for example, open great league. I think that can be a little wild. Right. So I really like 
the typical sylph metas, but I think a little more open than this would be my personal preference. I tend to, uh, I'll be perfectly honest, I tend to enjoy it more when I'm winning. <laughs> so <laughs> like, no, no matter how restricted or open it is, if I'm doing well, I enjoy it. <laughs> if I'm not doing well, then I'm not finding it quite as fun. Is anyone going to pick the mining? Like, that's like, as, as an electron, like, is, 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 I don't know. I, I've never liked that Pokemon for. Anything. Oh, you, you don't like it? No, I don't. I don't know. I just never liked it. I don't know why. I don't have any reason not to like it, but. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't think it's going to be. So, I mean, but this is a good opportunity to start talking about how the meta's shaken up. But yeah, this, the six different electric electron Pokemon are Ampharos, Raikou, Minan, Luxray, Electivire, and Dedenne. I personally am liking Dedenne for this to be able to hit back against Pokemon that are in that Neutron category, specifically Umbreon and Sableye. However, Dedenne has a big drawback as the number one Pokemon in this meta is in the Proton category, and that's Beedrill. Beedrill is going to be very, (laughs) very popular. So good. Uh, We haven't done the top 10 yet, right, Fish? No. Okay, the top 10 for this meta are Beedrill, both the Shadow and the Regular, XL Sableye, Munchlax, Hisuian Sneasel, Shadow Raikou, Shadow Luxray, Umbreon, Alolan Raticate, Ariados, and Shadow Politoed. So, yeah, Beedrill is so good, and Dedenne just can't do much of anything it has to land discharges even just one discharge won't knock out a beedrill uh so it is it is tough going for that dedenne a uh shadow beedrill will be able to farm down a dedenne in 11 poison jabs that's something i found out during my research (laughs) that's oddly specific (laughs) (laughs) that's the kind of stuff you got to know jamal i i I love it i love it (laughs) So honestly, I think this meta is going to be Beedrill and how to counter Beedrill. Yeah, and I agree. Um, Jamal asked about specifically Minin before. Um, that could have a little something going on just because it does have a little more bulk than the average um, electric type. So I think it actually might potentially be able to just survive a Drew run from full health. Um, whereas, yeah, I don't think any of the others could. Can I ask about one other Pokemon? Yeah, go on. Please do. Umbreon and the, and the Neutron, because yeah. I like that Pokemon. And when I did do a couple of cups before I, I used that Pokemon, it and I have a really good one built for PvP, so would I be doing myself a service by, if I was going to do the Ionic, Ionic Cup by having the Umbreon on my team? Yes. Umbreon is a great Pokemon, and it's one of the Pokemon, uh, I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't think it has, yeah, it loses to Umbreon in the one shield scenario, but it's incredibly close because of its bulk. Yeah, Beedrill loses to Umbreon in the one shield. Um, Is that with Psychic, though? Because I believe you have to run Psychic for that to be the case, rather than the more common last resort. Is that nope, right? That's with last resort. Okay, my, my apologies. Uh so yeah, that's with last resort. And that's only because Umbreon can outbulk the Beedrill. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Beedrill will eventually foul play is neutral, so Beedrill will have to eventually succumb to the foul plays and the snarls, where um, even though Beedrill's hitting with super, can hit with super effective X scissors, uh, Umbreon's just so bulky. So I would agree. I think Umber- I think Umbreon's going to be pretty popular because of its bulk. It also does a pretty good job against uh, Sableye, which will be another pretty popular type in that category. Basically, all of the Neutrons are dark and normal types. So your Umbreon, Sableye, Skuntank, Munchlax, Drapion, and Greedent. Um, Sableye is going to be a good one because it resists the poison jabs of the Beedrill. So it has a little bit more play there and can really threaten back with the foul plays. But yeah, it doesn't have much play against an Umbreon. So if your opponent is choosing Umbreon as their Neutron, then that makes the Sableye a little bit harder to run. Would I be correct in thinking that Umbreon wins against all the other Neutrons? I don't know about Greedent. Um, and if you're running Psychic rather than Last Resort, then I think the Drapion will probably be able to outpace. That's probably the only exceptions. Oh, and you know what? Skuntank would probably be able to... So no. No is, no is the answer that I'm going to give. Um, yeah, because yeah, Skuntank would have play. Uh, Drapion would have play if it's running Psychic. And I think Greedent would have plenty of play. All right. Drapion in the ones. It's pretty close, though. It would be, yeah. You guys, um, you guys make this sound so fun. Like, I want to go and build a team now. Like, I get <laughs> excited. Like, when you're breaking this down, like, that's why I love you guys. It's like... I look at this and I have no idea. And I hear this and I'm I'm going through my Pokemon right now. I'm like, I've got that one. I've got that one. one." (laughs) Yeah. So just again, just to wrap the thoughts. So Munchlax, if you run Tackle, um, Umbreon still wins, but it is very close. Mm -hmm. Umbreon barely wins against Skunk Tank, winning a Poison Jab, Crunch, and Flamethrower. I think that if Skunk Tank were to throw a Crunch and debuff Umbreon, that would flip it. Umbreon has play a good amount of play against everything mm. on that on the rest of the list like it's very close well, another thought that i had was uh going back to the electrons and like kind of which one you'd want to pick the one that has the most play against the beedrill is the luxray with its psychic fangs and you can run either spark or snarl it's kind of dealer's choice there both will get the win against the beedrill um Ampharos as well has a fair bit of play against a Beedrill. It's a lot closer of a matchup, but Ampharos also has the advantage of if you choose, it can run Focus Blast as well, which will enable it to uh, nuke an Umbreon or any of those other neutrons really except for the Sableye and has a lot of neutral nuke potential against a a lot of those other Pokemon. Like uh, there's another Proton there, Poliwrath, which has a lot of play. Um, Celio is there. It would one shot the uh, Celio, but then I guess you've got Thunder Punch for, for that as well. That is definitely an option. It takes a little bit to get there mm. with Volt Switch, but definitely an option. The catch all Pokemon, I'm just going to quickly run through the list. We won't give too much comment uh, about it. It's just a, a, an eclectic group. There's not, there's some very uncommon Pokemon in here. They are Blastoise. Alolan Raticate, Nidorina, Parasect, Muck, Seeking, Pinsir, Lapras, Snorlax, Politoed, Quillfish, Porygon 2, Lanoon, Swalot, Surviper, 
Crawdon, Armaldo, Milotic, Normal Cast Form, Bibarel, Cricketoon, Weavile, Samurott, Scolopede, Garboda, Zoroark, Pangoro, Malamar, Beware, and Galissapod. So I defy someone, not defy, I defy someone to <laughs> go through this stuff without building something new because that is a very crazy mix. I built something new. It cost me 300,000 Stardust <laughs> and it made me sad. Ooh, what was it? Uh, normal cast form. Right. Yeah. And you know, you know why I built normal cast form? Because it can be weatherball rock. Bee drill. Yeah. Because <laughs> weatherball rock can be bee drill. Uh, and it's really good. You would run it in this meta with tackle instead ah. of hex, which you normally see. Because tackle, you have play against the dark type Pokemon, where running hex, you would kind of get walled by them. But yeah, Rutherball Rock is really spammy. It gives you really good play against Beedrill. And then it also has Energy Ball, which is a fairly powerful move if you've ever seen in Snow throw it. Uh, a little less effective on a cast form. It won't get that same type of attack bonus, mm-hmm. but still pretty useful. Um, I haven't built it yet, but I intend to build a second Alolan Raticate because when I first built my Alolan Raticate, it was before the Shadow came out and it's actually a a reasonable amount better as a purified pokemon with return as its second move so you want quick attack and crunch and then your second option can be hyper fang hyper beam or return and return is the best of the three yeah return is an incredibly powerful move and since radicate is part normal it would get that same type attack bonus from return uh there i would imagine that would be incredibly powerful so definitely an option for this meta if Alola, if you are a fan of Alola and want to use that Raticate. All right, I think I think we're done with Ionic Cup. Yeah, let's move on and just well, okay, not really. Ooh, yeah, okay. We're not really well, done with Ionic Cup. <laughs> uh, the a battle tower. We talked about battle towers. We they were an idea before COVID. They were gonna start happening, and then the world shut down. But they're <laughs> Coming back, the 2023 arena season will be bringing back the Battle Towers, starting with the very first one in Buenos Aires. Uh, This is going to be hosted by Nidos Argentina, and it will take place on March 25th. So these Battle Towers are huge special in-person tournaments hosted by a local community. And hosts are specially chosen for by the Silph Arena for these events. And if you are a champion of a battle tower, you automatically qualify for Worlds. And the second to ninth place finishers earn a spot in the Continental Championships. So definitely an incentive to go. In addition, the champion gets a special trophy for their Silph Travelers card. And all participants get a badge, a special badge on their Travelers card. So... Very cool to see the Battle Tower concept come back. I hope that it is successful. I hope to see some in the United States this season. But if you are if you are in or around Buenos Aires for March 25th at the end of the month, you could get the Rio de la Plata badge as a competitor or the Obsidian River badge as a champion on your silk card. Very excited about that. It, like even though like it's on the literal other side of the world to me. Like I am very excited to see, like, I want to see if they like how many people they get and like what teams turn up and who wins it. And yeah, I'm, I'm 
I'm pumped. I'm pumped. It will be very good. Uh, and then just to close out our self segment, we will be talking about factions next week because this next cycle will be starting on Tuesday, March 14th. And we have so much to talk about. Fish and I have our factions that we can talk about from Pallet Town and Girls That PvP. There are new battlefields. Ultra League has a battlefield that it's doing. Lots and lots to cover. And we will do all of that next week. So now it is time to move on to our Play Pokemon section. We have had a few tournaments in the last couple of weeks that we have to recap the first was one that DeFi you were shoutcasting for and that is knoxville yes i got to visit tennessee and cast in the knoxville regional championships that was from february 25th to 26th and very very exciting it was actually a very stacked tournament a lot of really well-known names our champion was rise to occasion who has made several top cuts he was a milwaukee uh, champion last season he did very well at worlds last year and i'm very excited uh it was very exciting to see him win at knoxville and he won with an azumarill galarian stunfisk trevenant shadow alolan ninetales shadow swampert and noctowl rise to occasion stayed on the winner side of the bracket throughout defeating beach seven defeating onion frank three to one and then in the grand finals faced dijon the Jin, also known as spicy and delivered a decisive 3-0 victory rise gave a very touching uh talk at the end when he was doing his interview talking about uh strength of character uh and really pushing through the last um year having been dealt some defeats and just some personal things so just really really happy uh to see rise do so well uh dijon the Jin, uh, no nickname spicy definitely earned it bringing three shadow pokemon uh, Shadow Alolan Ninetales, Shadow Sableye, and Shadow Venusaur are what brought him to the grand finals. He had to fight his way. Um, he fought his way through the winner's bracket as well, but he lost to Onion Frank and then ended up rematching Onion Frank and beating him three to one to get back into the grand finals. Uh, some other, again, notable names. Onion Frank uh, has top cut quite a bit, is a former senior's competitor so he's younger he's under the age of 18 uh beach seven is a very common name i think in the self arena co is a beast ran kofa grigas which was incredibly exciting i absolutely loved casting those battles uh as well as schrader uh it tends to be pretty common and i think i've seen ramblin man before so td was new that was a new name for me uh running a pretty meta team lots of very meta picks uh we you'll i think we're going to talk more about this later but the meta is pretty centralized it's hard to run a lot of spice so it was really nice to see just little bits and pieces throughout this tournament so if we go back to february 25th and 26th in Bochum in germany which i would love to go to germany this time of year there was 47 players so we want to give our congratulations to 23 ejb the regional champion in Bochum with knockdown reggie Steele, trevenant which gives me nightmares for my swampert uh zoomerel umbreon and metachan so that's uh would you would you say that's a pretty spicy team or is that a pretty meta team there 
I would say that's a pretty meta team, uh, save for the Azumarill, but I think Azumarill is making a comeback. All the others, I think, are pretty standard. Um, Azumarill's just slightly, uh, you just don't see as many of them. Right. And then Lurgenrock is a name that I've heard a lot, and this is a regional uh, finalist. So uh, Diggersby, I love Diggersby. So it, it's one of my newer favorite Pokemon. And then the Galarian, what I call like the bear trap Pokemon, you know, the Stunfisk. <laughs> uh, and then there's that Trevenant again that's just glaring at me. He's looking into my soul. And you have the Nine Tails with the Shadow and the Mantine and or... or and, and then the, um, the Medichan again. So that looks to me like a team that might have a little bit of spice on it. So I have all those Pokemon. I don't have them built. So as we go through this, I'm learning a lot. But I've heard that name Lurgenrock. And just congratulations for being a regional finalist. So DeFi. Yes, Lurgen. Yeah, Lurgan's a very good battler, and that Diggersby and that Mantine are incredibly spicy. Like, that's spice. That's <laughs> some right. spicy stuff. So this next team, DeFi, do you want to go over this? Because this looks like a spicy team to me. It it really is. And just a joy to see <laughs> in the top four. Um, Chun27, Noctowl, Lurantis. I'm going to say that again. Lurantis. <laughs> Registeel, Umbreon, Metacham, and to round it all off, Dedene. Dedene makes a top four. That wow. is crazy. But it's good. Dedene being an electric and fairy type Pokemon, it can combat the Noctowl. It can combat the Lantern. It can combat the Metacham. Uh, it's going to struggle against a Trevenant, but you could hit a Trevenant with a Play Rough. Uh, so you can you at least have something to fight against it. I I think it's a pretty cool little pick. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, I, I look at it, and I, that's not a Pokemon that I often hear associated with you know being finishing in a top four. You know, it, like you said, it is that electric type with the coverage, but that might be something that to try out in some of these cups coming up. So I'm, I'm really excited about that, but it looks like our regional champion uh, from, from the graphic 23 EJB stayed in the top part of the bracket for the entire time. Am I looking at that correctly? 23 EJB. I no, he was in the loser. He came up oh, from the came loser's from side. the loser's bracket. Oh, so I'm looking at the one came from. So went into the loser's bracket and fought their way up. So showed some some uh, intestinal fortitude there to go down and have to win your way back up. So that's even more impressive. So he 23 EJB was in Group D. Actually lost, I think, pretty early in the Group D semifinals on that first day. Actually lost to Chun 27. With, who has the team that I love mm -hmm. with the Lorantis and the Dedene. So he lost there. And then uh, he had to fight his way through the loser's bracket, defeating Frika, who is an incredible battler. Uh, ended up winning in the loser's bracket, making it to day two, and then had to do a lot of, you know, 2 1 uh, victories. He 2 0 a couple people. And then slowly worked his way all the way up through the finals um, and then was able to defeat Lurgan Rocket three to one. Yeah, it looks like he had to he had to beat Logan Rocket back to back, right? Three zero and then three one. Am I looking at yep, that right? He had yeah. to do it twice. Yep, because 
uh, because he came from the loser side of the bracket, everyone has to lose twice to get out. So since Lurgan Rocket was undefeated, he had to be it was it, we call it a bracket reset. Mm-hmm. So he had to beat him once and he swept him. He swept Lurgan Rocket. And then he had to do it all over again in another best of five. So that is an incredible feat, especially coming up from the loser side of the bracket. So a huge congratulations to 23 EJB because that is that's a marathon. right? I would imagine after seven battles, like you would know your opponent's team kind of inside and out and to do a three, a three, one and a three. Oh, like that's pretty impressive with your opponent pretty much knowing what you're going to do and what moves you have. Uh, I would definitely agree. Uh, Lurgan Rocket had some really fun picks. I think the the Diggersby and the Mantine for sure, uh, but they probably just wasn't able to work as well against uh, Pokemon like 23EJB's Azumarill, which would have really good play against both of those Pokemon. Actually, I it, it has just occurred to me that I did actually get to see this final. It happened at a, a good time for me, so I was able to tune in and see that last battle. And I remember 23EJB just absolutely soul reading Lurgan Rocket in the lead for every battle. <laughs> so like it was, I, I don't remember exactly which ones it, it was, but it was like uh, Lurgan Rocket would lead Metacham and Bam Trevenant in the lead on 23EJB's side. Uh, then like uh, Lurgan would lead the Alola Ninetales and whoops, there's the Registeel. <laughs> like just absolutely pummeled when it came to the leads and just could not come back yeah and that is definitely a skill it's a little bit of luck but also knowing your opponent having battled them time and time again and being able to make a good team read on your opponent's side of the field is a skill definitely something that takes a lot of practice for sure i think that wraps up bokum and i think uh just like i was an expert for knoxville fish you can handle Perth because you were there and you top cut. You top forward in Perth. I did, yes. I came third. It was uh, <laughs> it was very close to how Melbourne worked where I just kept on making my way through the winner's side of the bracket, made my way all the way to the winner's final. And then I came up against Avrip, who is uh, he's a content creator. He actually writes for um, gohub.com. So uh, he like he's like one of their PVP consultants. <laughs> so he knows what he's talking about. Um, I came up against him and he actually beat me 2-0, right? And so I, like I, I'm disappointed, obviously, because, you know, uh, I, no, no one likes to lose. <laughs> but um, uh, him and I were hanging out afterwards, just like grabbing, like spinning Pokestops, catching Pokemon, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he was telling me about how, um, his just using the line of three Galarian Stunfisk, Trevenant, and Umbreon just worked for him through the whole tournament. Uh, just to 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 fill out the rest of his team, he was running those three Pokemon plus Lantern, Metacham, and Shadow Charizard. But yeah, like you said, he basically just used those three Pokemon of G Fist, Trev, and Umbreon for most of his battles. Right. So we get back to the venue to see how the the loser's bracket's going. And one of the judges there comes up to me and says, hey, Fish, you guys were meant to play a best of five, not a best of three. And so we had to then reset our phones and play another three battles. And now 
that's why that's where it got really interesting because he had just told me his strategy <laughs> of Trevenant, Gfisk, and Umbreon. And so I was able to use that information. Like it's the it's the luckiest thing that had happened to me the entire day because I managed to then win the next two battles by exploiting that line. He did try and bring that line in both of those battles, and I beat him both times. Then in the third battle, he did switch it up. I was expecting him to switch it up, but it's hard to predict how they're going to switch it up when they have run the same thing for four battles in a row. So I wasn't able to... It was an extremely close battle. It came down to like a fast move, but I did end up losing that one, and he said that that was the most tense battle that he'd had all day. I almost managed to pull that one out and pull the reverse sweep but that wasn't to be until then i was basically i was thinking like oh no this is going to be just an exact replica of um of melbourne where i make my way through the winner's final then just get swept in the winner's final then maybe uh win the loser's final and just get swept again but no (laughs) it didn't end up like that i did end up you know uh making it respectable in the winner's final and again in the loser's final i took it to five battles but again couldn't close it out yeah, it looks like you faced Rob Drogo, who was ended up being the regional runners-up going to the grand final. Rob Drogo running the Shadow Drapion and the Shadow Sableye, along with a Bastiodon, mm. making Caleb Pang proud uh, <laughs> as his kind of spicier picks. And then uh, continuing on, Avrip did end up winning 3-2 to two, uh, and became the champion of Perth. Fish, tell, me, tell us about your team as a top three. So I brought a Shadow Swampert, a Cofagrius, Shadow Abomasnow, Metacham, regular Charizard, and Umbreon. It's a pretty similar team to what I brought into Melbourne. I changed the Gliscor out for Cofagrius and the Lantern out for the Shadow Swampert. The Shadow Swampert was a tough decision to make over Lantern because, like, without Lantern, I'm actually pretty darn weak to Noctowl, especially when it's got energy. The Abomasnow can beat a Noctowl if they're starting from an even energy standpoint, but if the Noctowl has a bit of uh, a bit of like residual energy, then that can absolutely flip that battle. Uh, it it walls Cofagrigus pretty well, beats the Metacham, and then it's kind of neutral against Umbreon and um, Charizard. Basically, the reason I, I brought the Swampert in the end was... It's more fun. <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. Um, I did, it, it helped me, um, you, you mentioned Rob Drogo before. Um, that was the second time that we had faced each other. We actually faced each other earlier on in the bracket, and I did manage to beat him in three battles uh, because the Swampert was such a nicer counter to his Bastiodon. So that came in real handy there. But uh, other than that, like Lantern probably would have been a better pick to bring. All right. Just kind of finishing out then, taking a look at our top cut. Uh, we had a lot of pe- the same people that we saw at OCIC, like Rick Flareon and Sniped Bra. Sniped Bra bringing the Shadow Canto Ninetales uh, as something a little different, a little bit of that Cindy flair. Uh, not the only Bastiodon in top eight. Um, Xanade brought a Bastiodon as well. Uh, Cake. I'm going to say Cakey's brought a Frostlass. Cake Easy brought a Frostlass, which I always love to see. And 
the Loda brought a Lickitung, and I haven't seen a Lickitung in one of these in a while. Now, I thought the Noctowls had scared them all away, <laughs> but we see a Lickitung in the top cut. He's right there hanging out. Yeah, that's <laughs> they're hanging out in Perth. <laughs> um, also, the Loda also bringing a Sableye too, so... Uh, the Lota would, I mean, I, I talked about making myself weak to Noctowl. I think this one's a, a pretty big one too that's, uh, that would have trouble with Noctowl. They've got the Azumarill, which I would have hoped was running Ice Beam to challenge the Noctowl. And of course, the Galarian Stunfisk does pretty well against it. Um, but yeah. All right. So, Jamal, <laughs> we have just talked about probably 24 different teams for every single one of these different tournaments that we just talked about, Knoxville, Pokemon, and Perth, what stood out to you? What speaks to you as a Pokemon that can potentially make a top cut? So what I'm looking at right now and kind of understanding the meta, the Galarian Stunfix, Stunfist seems to be pretty consistent on at least four or five out of the top eight in, in the in the, in the three that we talked about. And Azumarill, as you said, is kind of making a comeback. But the one that stands out to me is, like I said, the one that gives me nightmares is Trevenant. So mm -hmm. I would say I've seen those three on majority of the teams. The one that kind of threw me for the loop was the Shadow Sableye. Not the, not the Sableye, but the Shadow Sableye, um, which was really something that I did not expect. But when I look at Fish's team... I remember I've heard you guys talk about the Kofor Grigas before, but I've never like thought that that was like a, a really good one just for me because I've never used it. But Fish, your team, you got some spice there, and I, I love the Obama Snow, and you know how I love Swampert, and then the Umbreon. <laughs> I mean, that's a team that I could fall in love with in you. So, but DeFi, to answer your question, it's the um, the Trevenant and the Galarian Stunfist that really stand out for me. All right. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think if you would want to run the Trevenant and the Kofagrigus on the same team because they have a lot of similar weaknesses. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Fish? Uh, I agree. I think it's it's going to be hard to bring both. And there's uh, I don't think you're actually gaining uh, many benefits by bringing those. So like there there are things that you can bring that share a weakness because they still perform different roles. Like, for example, uh, Zumeril and... Swampert. In fact, Rise to Occasion brought Azumarill and Swampert on his team because they do perform kind of different functions. Like the the Swampert's better at countering, say, the Bassidon, for example. The Azumarill might be better against certain, like, dragon types. Someone before, I don't know, a Dragonite or something like that. Then uh, the Azumarill <laughs> would be better there. Uh, Trevenant and Cofagrigus, I think, are just too similar. They share the same weaknesses and really don't provide enough difference in what they can counter to to really warrant bringing them in the same line that makes sense that's why you guys were the experts <laughs> uh, but um the trevenant and galarian stunfisk that you mentioned they actually make a very good core together all right and you said you like umbreon as well is umbreon kind of a a fun pick for you something that you would enjoy using it is it's something that i would enjoy using um wh where i'm at DeFi, i am kind of a stardust hoarder I have 15 million Stardust. And what I told the two of you, I know what I told the two of you was I wanted you to help me pick the six best for the meta. Mm. And I've got like elite charge TMs and I've got <laughs> everything. So, so essentially you guys have like a big thing of clay and you tell me what I need and I'm going to follow your advice to the T. Doesn't matter how much Stardust or TMs I burn. 
Well, the, the we could give you an easy answer of uh, the team that uh, I faced in OCIC in the finals was kind of the, the, the commentary around that was that it is the meta six and mm-hmm. they're, they're the meta for a reason six. <laughs> you know, they, uh, they all work well together and they are Trevenant, Galarian Stunfisk, Lantern, Umbreon, Metacham, and Noctowl. So if you want, you can just, you know, stick with those and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Then it, it's the only question after that is, uh, do you think you would enjoy using those Pokemon or do you want to find something that that would be a little more fun to use like I did with the Swampert? Well, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of meta when it comes to this. So I yeah. like a, a good meta team. What I really want is I want a team that I can take to Charlotte and not get embarrassed and, and, and hopefully win at least one round. That's my goal. I want to win at least one round. Sure. And I want a team that I won't like get like booed out of the convention. Center, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree. I also want to try to find a way to bring that Swampert in there mm-hmm. uh, because you said, because I think it's just as important to run Pokemon that you enjoy and Pokemon mm-hmm. that you're familiar with because you can have like the best tools in the world, but if you're not super familiar with them and you don't know how to use them, they're not going to be as effective. So if you use Swampert all the time in that Go Battle League, you know exactly how, what it can tank. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know that Pokemon really well. I think that would be a really good one to add uh, to, for example, the Galarian Stunfisk and the Trevenant. I think throwing the Swampert in there uh, would be really good. So would I would I insert the Swampert instead of the Noctowl, or what would I take out, or would I take out the Lantern? What would you because the lantern's a water Pokemon, kind of like the Swampert. Would I s- swap that out, or would I swap out something else? What do you I think, th- Fish? I, I think the yeah, the lantern might be the the best way to go about that. I'm actually, uh, if you want to keep talking for a second, I'm going to pop these into PV Poke and see what that comes up with. See if that uh, like comes up with any kind of extra weaknesses that uh, I can't think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have the XL candy? requisite for a metacham that's another question uh let me take a look so i have 462 metatite or uh yeah i have 462 candy xl for a metatite so yes i i I have it all right so that's gonna be your costly thing do you have a metacham um that you would want to build so something low attack with high hp and defense I've got 200% now that I look. That's not going to do me any good. <laughs> That's not what we want for this. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, when when they let Mega Metacham into Ultra League. Uh, I have a 7513. That's not awful, but it's not great. Right. Because of that high attack stat. Your ideal is like a 41515 is what you really want. But then that that means that you'll probably lose against other Metacham, but it can still do a lot of the other things well. Like it will still beat a Galarian Sunfisk, and uh, it'll still beat a Registeel. You won't lose those gotcha. matchups, right? Okay. okay. And you'll probably win CMP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so a Metachan and then a Trevenant. Let me look and see what I have for a Trevenant. 
I'm going to have to uh, get my my trade arm working with a lot of my people at work because they have a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> I'm saying, we need to do some trades here, and I need to trade with people I haven't traded with before, some of the low-level people. Um, all right, so as far as a Trevenant, I have one that is a 5-5-7. Five, five, That's probably my best one there. Again, still going to do the same things Trevenant does, even if it's not the best one mm-hmm. i might try trading to see if you can get um one with a little bit lower attack and a little bit higher of the other two mm-hmm. but overall it's still it's still gonna do trevenant things ivs are like what do we usually say it's like the last important thing like right, all the yeah. other like the species the move set like there's so many other things that are important and then ivs are just kind of last usually gotcha that sounds like a plan. I, I can definitely do that. And then I have a, um, I have my my Glarian Stunfist built, and it's like rank thirteen when I looked the last time, and I've had that Ooh. built for a couple seasons. So that's the one that I really love using. It's 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 it does work. Yeah. So if you already have that built, you're good, and you have your Swampert. Uh, do you have a Noctowl? So when I'm looking for Noctowl, what what IV spread should I be looking for? Because I have a one thirteen eleven. That that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Okay, and then I also have a one seven twelve. Now, just just for the sake of being educational, um, th- th- this won't this won't apply in our situation, but, uh, yeah, just, just for the sake of education, there are certain IVs on Noctow that, uh, are slightly more attack weighted. So less focused on bulk and that extra attack can actually allow a Noctow to beat a Galarian Stunfisk. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I haven't done the research as to what those IV spreads are. So we, uh, we won't worry about that too much. But no, I think that first one you mentioned sounded really solid to me. The one, this one is, I'm sorry, it's one eight twelve. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty solid. That's okay. going to run Wing Attack, Sky Attack, and Shadow Ball. And none of those are um, legacy. Uh, nothing you have, because since you have your Swampert with Hydro Cannon already, nothing mm-hmm. so far has been a legacy move. So you don't have to worry about any of those elite TMs. Metacham is going to be your expensive one, so I would evolve it, and then you're pretty much going to max it out to 50. <laughs> right, okay. Immediately. <laughs> and then what moves do I want to use on that? Counter is your definitely most important fast move. It's um, arguably the best fast move in the game. And then uh, it's a bit dependent on what you want to run. I believe Jakobovic was running Psychic and Ice Punch. Okay. And I would say that is the more common move set. There are some people who like to run Dynamic Punch as well. Yep. Uh, Caleb Pang got runner up in his regional tournament in San Diego, running a Dynamic Punch Metacham along with his Bastiodon. Nice. I'm going to test you, Jamal. Okay. What do you think would be some of the matchups that you would have a harder time with if you ran Dynamic Punch instead of Psychic? Oh, if I ran Dynamic Punch instead of Psychic. Yeah, so your moveset would be Counter, Ice Punch, and Dynamic Punch there. So I'm going to have, oh, you know, I actually don't know the answer to this. My guess would be I was going to have trouble with the fighters. Is that, would, would that be the right answer? Or is that the wrong answer? You would, so Psychic does 
make the fighters easier. Um, okay. You would still win against fighters with the dynamic punch. Um, okay. You just wouldn't necessarily have the one-shot potential. Except, actually, I might take that back because uh, most of the people that are bringing a fighter to these play Pokemon tournaments, the fighter's Medicham. There's, you're actually very rarely going to see anything else in the fighter category. And for Medicham gotcha. specifically, you do need Psychic. If you're running Ice Punch and Dynamic Punch, you are going to have a, a harder time against that. So uh, I'll give you a, a technical pass for that one. Okay. <laughs> right. What else fish would you struggle with? So what is the when you bring in Dynamic Punch mm. and you lose Psychic, how does that hurt you in a play Pokemon tournament? Um, I'm thinking things like uh, Azumarill, which resists the Dynamic Punch and the Ice Punch. Um, thinking ghosts. I had a question about one other. So the lantern. So I have a Chinchow that zero six ten. It depends on what you want to do. I think if you use that Swampert a lot, mm -hmm. I think you're going to do better with the Swampert. With the Swampert, using okay. A use it with a Pokemon that you're familiar with versus a Pokemon that you're just building and using for the first time. Gotcha. Okay. I'm with that. And then the last Pokemon I want to bring up is that Umbreon. So Umbreon is pretty specific. It has to be your buddy when you evolve it. So you okay. have to make that Eevee your buddy and you have to evolve it at night, which works for us because we're recording right now in the <laughs> evening. Uh, but it has to be your buddy when you evolve it. That's really important to get an Umbreon. This is one where you're going to need a, a an elite TM. Okay. Uh, because last resort is the preferred charge move. Uh, it can also run Psychic as a different legacy charge move. But for on an Umbreon, which again, you still want that like 0 15, 15 type of spread, low attack, high HP and defense. Mm -hmm. You run Snarl as your fast move. Most typically you'll see Foul Play as your first charge move and then last resort being the second in place of foul play you can also run dark pulse and that depends on the trainer foul play you get too faster uh, but it's a little weaker where dark dark pulse takes you a little bit more energy but it hits harder so it depends on your play style but mm -hmm. i would say most people run foul play okay that is great and i have a lot of evs because you know we had the spotlight hour. I have a lot of EVs to go through. Um, I don't have the zero fifteen fifteen. I've got things, something that's kind of close, but I can go and trade. So I've got some really good stuff to go and build a team. Now I have a question for you. Once I do build this team, where would you, is there a place I could go and practice for this? Absolutely. Um, there's a couple of places that I can think of. There's Mesa Gaming runs a tournament a practice tournament every thursday night u.s time is that right defi yep every um just about every thursday night they run them very frequently so uh mazer gaming definitely they call them regional rumbles there's one actually tomorrow um as of this recording on march 9th so that's a really good opportunity to practice uh also something you can do to practice which isn't the same as practicing a show six pick three but you can run all of these Pokemon in just open Great League Go Battle League mm -hmm. and get used to the get a good feel for these different Pokemon, uh, even though you're not practicing that show six pick three skill. Would you agree with that, Fish? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am really looking forward to this. I I I I'm looking forward to spinning some Stardust and, and moving some things around and getting out. And I might be your guys' biggest fan from here on out with <laughs> PvP now that I have kind of an idea of what I'm doing. 
Yeah, we all, all we ask is uh, royalties for your winner's check. <laughs> I just want to throw this one out there. Like, I don't, I don't want to necessarily throw a cat amongst the pigeons at this stage. Now that we've decided on a team, but I was playing around on PV Poke. We we raised that question earlier about the uh, the Shadow Swampert over the Lantern, and mm-hmm. there were a couple of weaknesses such as the the Noctowl and the and Altaria was also a a big one that like Lantern would have an easier time against Altaria, much easier time than Swampert. So one change that I tried out to try and adjust for that was to swap Trevenant out for Cofagrigus. Now, okay. uh, that doesn't win against the Noctowl still. It still is a pretty decent wall, but it does better than Trevenant. It doesn't get one shot by a Sky Attack from Altaria. Uh, it does uh, does pretty well against a lot of things that Trevenant struggles with. And PV Poke is telling... This will probably mean a lot more to DeFi than to you, but um, PV Poke is giving it the scorecard of A for coverage, A for bulk, A for safety, and A for consistency. So PV Poke actually seems to really like that team. Yeah. All right. Um, you do a fancy little thing, though, right? You go in advance and you count shadows in there. Yeah. Like, is that something yeah. you do every time? Yeah, it is. Uh, is there a way to make that a default? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> and hold the phone. Actually, uh, I'll take that all back. Frostlass instead of Cofagrigus. I just I just switched out the Frostlass for Cofagrigus. Now you are beating the Altaria and the Noctowl. It's doing all the same ghosty things. Uh, it's The threat score is below 600 now, and it's still A-A-A-N-A. I would actually, Jamal, give give my official recommendation of... The Frostlass? Uh, Umbreon, Metacham, G-Fisk, Noctowl, Shadow Swampert, and Frostlass. And I've heard DeFi talk about Frostlass for a couple of seasons now, so... Mm. I I love (laughs) Frostlass. You bring it in often as your switch. Mm -hmm. So when you lose the lead and if you can get a couple powder snows of energy on your opponent while you're waiting for them to switch you, there is very little in the meta that you can't beat. I mean, you can, you can knock out Charizards because the Mm. avalanches come through so fast. Nice. Uh, you, You can do Oh, Frostlass is dangerous. You get Frostlass energy and a shield, <laughs> and there, there's very little you can't do with it. All right, Fish, run that team down for me one more time. That is Umbreon, Metacham, Galarian Stunfisk, Noctow, Shadow Swampert, and Frostlass. All right. If you're coming to Charlotte, that's the team you're going to see from me, so I've tipped my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now everyone gets to prepare for that team. That's right. <laughs> There's like, oh, I'm going to see you in the first round. All right. And then, all right. So uh, this was so incredibly helpful. I'm really looking forward to it. The thing that I didn't want to do, like I said earlier, was show up to the regionals and completely embarrass myself. So mm. I feel that like I've got a team now that I'm going to practice with and play with and show up and, and try to see if I can make some noise and maybe I'll go from 15 million Stardust down to zero because I'll be so excited to do PvP every every season. (laughs) So with that said, we want to just give a bit of a shout out to some of the events that are coming up. We have Vancouver in Canada happening on March the 10th to 12th, and there are currently 55 players registered for that. 
Your casters for the Vancouver Regional will be Steven Sanders, also known as Two Butters, Caleb Pang, also known as Caleb Pang, <laughs> and Nick Livesey, known as Alpha Phoebe, and Jim Lawson, known as Wholesome Underscore. We have Natal Brazil happening on March the 11th to 12th. 40 people registered for that. Then in the weekend of March 18 to 19, we have Utrecht in the Netherlands, which has over 200 players registered. Crazy. Yeah. Highest to date by far for Pokemon Go. That is amazing. From March 24 to 26, we have Charlotte. In the USA, uh, around 71 players registered for that, and the winner of that will be Blame Jamal. We have Fort Wayne <laughs> in the USA happening March 31 to April the 2nd, 45 registered for that. Sydney, Australia happening April 1st to 2nd. London in Great Britain, that is the EUIC Championship. That's April 14 to 16. And Portland, Oregon happening from May 5th to May 7th, with registration opening on March 14. And for EUIC, the registration for that is going to open on Thursday, March 9th. They're going to have three different waves for signups, much like they did for NAIC last season. So there's a wave at 9 a.m. UTC, 3 p.m. UTC, and 7 p.m. UTC. Uh, This event is very likely to sell out uh, for a variety for all the different categories tcg vgc and go so it's important to get in your registration early again that is going to open for us tomorrow thursday march 9th uh so once you hear this show be sure that you go and check on those registrations all right so that was our play pokemon section we now have a mailbag and it's a pretty full mailbag can you see the sack i'm holding up guys it's it's full there's a, there's a lot of letters don't hurt your shoulder holding up that mailbag. You're going to dislocate something. That thing looks pretty heavy. Um, so let me just reach in here. I'm going to just grab grab a letter out. This um, I feel like I'm on After Dark, right? Um, <laughs> I'm going to reach out, let uh, open up this letter. And uh, this first one is from J Maddox, N-M-E-X, who talks about limited metas. Jamal, do you want to read out the question for us? Long-time listener, first time writing in. I was wondering what your guys' thoughts are on the limited metas that change the gameplay itself instead of limiting Pokemon. We have seen this in the past with the 30-second switch trimmers. Um, Other examples would be two Pokemon versus two Pokemon, four Pokemon versus four Pokemon with three shields. Curious on your thoughts about this and any other different changes you would make. Sorry for the long email. Shiny vibes all. And all I got to say on that is don't get fish started about 30 second switch timers. He will give you a rant. <laughs> a rant and a half. I, I think it's a great idea. It's, it's not just that. It's 30 second switch timers, but pause the time between Pokemon coming out. That's the main one. So, yeah, I love that. I enjoyed when we had that. I think that was the April Fool's event that we got shortened switch timers. And that was really fun. I like doing that kind of thing. I'm not sure how, if you're talking about two versus two, where like two Pokemon are on the screen at the same time, I think that might be a little chaotic, uh, but would certainly be interesting. Or if you're talking about bringing only two to the battle or only four or bringing four Pokemon instead of three into the battle, uh, that would really be interesting as well in 
VGC, so in the video game, you bring in, I believe it's four Pokemon, and that, but it's double, so two are out at the same time. And mm. that can that brings its own set of strategy. What stood out to me in that email was the three shields. I was like, ooh, that would make things really <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it would. It would um, extend the battle out a lot. Yeah, it would definitely extend the length of the battle. Which so would um, four versus four Pokemon as well. Yeah, but I am interested in whatever uh, on limited metas. Limited being mean you try it for a week. I'm always down to try something for a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to try a meta yeah, for a sure. week, see how it goes. Uh, but the switch timer is definitely my favorite, and I'm glad that we got to see that. I hope we get to see it again. Actually, you know what? As much as you you mentioned that I am so much in favor of 30 second switch timers, that I mean, the reason I go on about that is because I think it's the easiest to implement, but I actually think raising the number of Pokemon in a battle would be the best for the health of the game because I think that would uh, decrease the reliance on winning the lead. Um, it, it, the games wouldn't be so affected by who has won the lead. It wouldn't be so affected by needing alignment. Um, I've, I've brought up kind of 6v6 in the past, which only like rabid battle fans like me would would appreciate or i think you'd lose a lot of the casuals uh, with 6v6 but 4v4 sounds like a a nice in between to go with thank you so much for writing in jay maddox uh we appreciate it thanks so much for your email next one is going to be connor toon and he's going to talk to us about some hints for beginners says hey guys I just wanted to say how good your podcast is and to give some suggestions. Maybe for the next episode, you can give hints to beginners. Like, I'm level 21, but there are things I'm still completely clueless about. There's also an event coming up with fighting types, and it might be cool to talk about that. I didn't want a boss, but I just had some ideas. So from Connor Toon. And I agree. One thing we talk about that Pokemon go pvp does very poorly is it doesn't there's not really an onboarding process mm. in the game itself it doesn't teach you a lot about pvp so there aren't like tutorials really for go battle league that teach about things like type effectiveness as well or that you should have two charge moves on your pokemon or making sure that your pokemon are leveled up as close to 1500 as possible for great league all those little things aren't really included uh, in the game to give those uh, beginner tips and as far as this show goes i'm actually uh, I, I like that um you've you've called that out because um we often fall into the trap of we don't know what others don't know so there are things that we like we might talk about same type attack bonus without realizing that someone might have no clue what same type attack bonus means uh, and things like that. So uh, what would be really great is to to get some feedback from people such as yourself over uh, what things you would like to know specifically, what what things that um, you've encountered and you're like, what's this about? So that we can, we, we can have that direction on where we can, you know, what kind of content we can deliver. Yeah. And talking about Pokemon that are coming out for events, we've done that a couple times in the past where there's an event coming up and we highlight different Pokemon that would be really good for PvP. So we will have to get back in that habit. Sometimes it's a little challenging when Niantic doesn't give us the event details uh, in a timely fashion, in a time 
quick enough for us to be able to talk about it and then have the podcast come out. So sometimes that might be a reason why we don't bring it up. But if we have the information early enough, that's definitely mm-hmm. something we can try to incorporate more. Is there anything, Jamal, that you have uh, that, that you can think of that you're unsure about with PvP? Like anything you've like always wondered, like <laughs> what, what does this term mean, or like what's what's kind of a tip with with uh, you know getting good at battling that uh, might not have heard before, or, or things like that. Anything occur to you? Well, I, I think you guys just covered the same atta- the, the stab essentially is I think something that non-battlers think they understand. And I kind of think I understand it. And I know you guys have talked about it on a couple of different podcasts, but I think for me as like, I like to consider myself a novice PVP or is just kind of understanding like DeFi when you talk about coverage, when you say you like this Pokemon because it's got good coverage. Like I, 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 at my core, I know what you mean, but then I don't know what you mean. And then fish, you asked me the question of if, this Pokemon doesn't have this move. What is it going to be weak to? I think Mm. some of us novices don't really understand it. Like I know the lingo you're talking about, but maybe on a future episode, you guys could talk about a, 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 a popular Pokemon like Swampert. And if it has hydro cannon and if it doesn't hydro have hydro cannon, what are some of the pros and cons? And do you need to play it or bring something else? I think just the coverage aspect and just kind of knowing what moves a Pokemon has and what advantages that's going to give it versus not having it. I love that, that thought. Cause yeah, like, um, I, I don't think we talk about, uh, specifically movesets very often. Like I, I can imagine maybe someone newer hearing, Oh yeah, they, they said on PVP corner to use Swampert and then they run it with like, uh, water gun and and muddy water and they're, they're like why is this pokemon doing terribly <laughs> so. yeah so in the play pokemon events sometimes when they run a break uh speediest chief uh as well as a couple other of our casters and content creators have created little videos and sometimes those videos are pokemon spotlights like i know speediest chief has done one for swampert for azumarill for noctowl uh so we could also spotlight some individual pokemon in here have like a pokemon spotlight yeah. every once in a while yeah, that's a good idea. All right, we'll, we'll write that down. Um, <laughs> are we ready to move on? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Our next email is going to be from TubaBoy50, and he's got some questions about the meta. TubaBoy says, if you don't mind me asking this question, I'd like to get the opinion of those who have participated in Play Pokemon PvP tournaments in both a caster and a participant capacity. Meta is meta for a reason. But as I watch the streams, I can't help but think that most of these teams have essentially similar makeups. This leaves a lot to be desired from a viewer standpoint after you watch Metacham square off against a Swampert for what feels like the thousandth time on stream. I'm exaggerating, of course, but I can't help but wish there would be different matchups that could be featured. My question is, are there any ideas that would help to lessen these situations in the Play Pokemon tournaments? The only ideas I could personally think of that might help but in a very limited capacity, is limiting team composition to one Pokemon per generation, or even implementing a rule that trainers would only be allowed to reuse one Pokemon from a previous battle. That way, in a two out of three format, a minimum of five Pokemon out of a team of six would need to be featured. So that was Boy 50 What are your thoughts? Go! <laughs> Um, Well, I think I can talk both as a caster and a participant. Mm. Uh, I haven't participated since last season in AIC, but I definitely agree. Meta is meta for a reason, and it has been the same meta for a long time. That's why Fish and I got a little 
You know, I got a little worked up last episode. <laughs> I got we did. fish, maybe not so much. You were laughing. I was, I was annoyed, yeah. to put it lightly, <laughs> uh, about the lack of a meta shakeup in this most current update. Because if we get significant meta updates every three months, that's going to help uh, with a lot of these tournaments uh, changing up the Pokemon that will be viable. For example, Noctowl wasn't viable until late last mm. season. It wasn't a Pokemon that you would run, but because Wing Attack got a buff, now you see it everywhere. So if we get those healthy meta changes, that helps keep the meta from being so stale. One thing that Pokemon could certainly do, uh, play Pokemon could certainly do, is put on restrictions. So for example, in the Sylph Arena, if you're an open Great League specialist, there are actually Pokemon where you can only pick one of these top Pokemon. So mm. let's say the top Pokemon are Galarian Stunfisk, Metacham, <laughs> Noctowl, uh, Trevenant Lantern. You can pick one of those for your team. You can't have them all. So that would be one restriction that they could certainly put in place. And for example, in the video card, um, the video game, uh, there are certain restrictions. For example, they're different series. So with Scarlet and Violet, at first you could only use the Pokemon in the Scarlet and Violet Pokedex, but no legendaries, no mythicals. And then they slowly start opening it up throughout the season. So they do have certain restrictions there and they could certainly implement something hmm. similar with play Pokemon to to shake the meta up a little bit. But what I'm hoping for is come June, when we get the next meta update, I am really hoping uh, for a much more dynamic change. Mm. I completely agree that, uh, like, customizing the meta is... Uh, that's probably my favorite solution to the issue of everyone bringing the same thing, right? Because even, like, so you've got Silph Arena tournaments, for example, and a lot of the time, most of the time, uh, Silph Arena will come out with a, a meta, and everyone will have very similar or exactly the same teams for those, but they're only around for a month. So it's hard to get bored of them when it's only there for a month, right? Um, unfortunately, I get the sense that playing around with the meta is absolutely not something that play Pokemon is interested in. So I don't think we can look forward to that being a solution to the problem. But it would be an interesting one. It would be cool. I'd love it so much. And I, I agree with you completely that like seeing, you know, a Metacham mirror match over and over again is is just not good uh, for particularly the less dedicated battlers. Like um, I'm going to give a shout out to Jay Engineer and Triptando in the Discord server who are all, who always take a lot of time to. Uh, respond to this this question was asked in the gocast discord server and they they always uh, take a lot of time to answer questions that uh, people have in that server they they're, they're really helpful they gave the response a part of their response was about how the interesting thing comes from seeing how like seeing the chess match play out of how the trainers play the metacham versus metacham etc um, which i agree with that but for that but for the more dedicated battlers for the more casual battlers i don't think that's going to appeal to many of them so it would be nice to just see some different pokemon being used to to raise the excitement level for them 
anything else there, Fish? Or because we have one email left. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take this email because uh, I want to get. Well, I want to read oh, them. I want to read them. Okay, sure. I want to read it and get your reaction. Okay, yeah, let's go. I love this, and, and I'll I'll chime in with a couple of. Sure, them. and I'd love to get Jamal's reaction to some of these too. I'm waiting. I'm All waiting. Right. <laughs> All right, Badman Clayton writes in, and I just noted this one as Badman Clayton wants to watch the world burn. So, <laughs> uh, it's are you saying this, bad or banned? Banned. It's banned. Yeah, I'm right. Because right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like bad. <laughs> like that's a uh, some kind of Freudian slip there. Badman, you're <laughs> Badman Clayton. Bandman Clayton writes, Hi, Fish and DeFi. On a recent episode of the PvP Corner, you talked about how you enjoyed hearing people's hot takes on PvP. We do love those hot takes. <laughs> While I come with a list of hot takes, I would love to hear your opinions on. In no particular order, here they are. Rock Smash should be a charm clone. Jamal? Fish. Just... Okay. <laughs> okay. Me, oh, yeah, I'll go first then. Um, uh... <laughs> Well, look, it, I, it it would be interesting. Um, the the thing that first occurs to me is that Azumarill knows Rock Smash, so does Registeel. So, oh no, yeah. And those are Pokemon that are so bulky, and if they have, if they're like a charm clone, they're just going to be chipping everyone down, and no one's going to be able to do anything. That would break the game, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I say I. I don't know. Um, because like charm was nerfed to a certain point where like it's it's still good, but not game destroyingly good. Um, maybe the fact that it's like the worst possible Pokemon know this move would would make this one worse <laughs> than charm. Uh, but then the both of those Pokemon are, um. They they aren't the same type as the the fighting boost. They don't have that same type attack bonus. Um, it would we, we've often talked about how there should be more viable fighting fast moves than counter. So I do like it from that perspective. Uh, we do have double kick now as well, but uh, it would be cool to have maybe a, a third option. Next one is Water Gun should be a Dragon Breath clone. This one feels less world destroying <laughs> than the last. <laughs> I feel like it is already a clone. Aren't they both like three damage and three energy per turn? I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I'm going to do that right now. Water Gun and Dragon Breath. Uh, Dragon Breath is four damage for um, per turn and three energy per turn. Whereas water gun is just three and three, so it would be doing one extra damage. The water gun, I don't mind that. I think I think that's a fair enough idea. Bring on Tapu, more Tapu Fini. I'm here for it. <laughs> yes, it would make a lantern with water gun a little more viable as well. Uh, cast form Blastoise. There are some. There are a fair few water gunners out there that would benefit from that. All right. They shouldn't have nerfed Howlucha. Hashtag free Howlucha. I can get behind this one, but then they have to give it, like, allow everyone to have um, access to it. Like, everyone gets one. Like, you get mm. one from a Go Battle League something. Like, give people an opportunity. Otherwise, I feel like it would have to get um, banned from at least play Pokemon tournaments because of yeah. accessibility. And it would encourage people to spoof. 
So Sylph oftentimes will ban Pokemon for accessibility. So for example, in the Play Pokemon events, I know, I think it's still current that you can't bring the Galarian birds uh, because of the accessibility issue of not being it not being easy to encounter and it being very luck based. Gotcha. Uh, I would say that this would be pretty similar. I like I think it would be really interesting, like seeing it in Go Battle League or seeing it like in one of the Latin American tournaments. However, I'd I'd be a little hesitant to put it in play Pokemon, but I'm I'm all for good Howlucha. Just give let people have access to it. At least one. Even if you only get one, let people have access to it. All right. Next one is Ice Punch Diggersby. And I'm not mad about this one either because then you can actually hit an Altaria. Yeah, that's true. Um, it would be doing like it's still got that same effectiveness against grass. So I guess it wouldn't matter in that case whether you run Fire Punch or Ice Punch. But yeah, the Altaria is a good one. And yeah, just flies in general. I'm here for more Diggersby. Mm-hmm. The next one I'm here for as well in Master League, Shadow Claw Ursa Luna. I like it. Um, is how how many how many ghosts are around in Master League these days? Like Giratina is not that popular in Master League, is it? I don't think it is. Uh, let me take a look for ghosts. It would also be very good against psychic the mm. psychic types. If you're looking at open Master League. Come here. Um, Giratina. Uh, you have also just Mewtwo that it would be good against. Um, and I think that's most of them. Okay. Um, it also, I guess, would do better against Steels because its current move is Tackle, which is resisted by Steel. I'm all for it. I thought it should have had Shadow Claw in the first place. Yeah, right. It would be better against Lugia, which is number one in the Master League, Solgaleo, Meloetta, Metagross. Yep. I'm down. I'm down. Oh, yeah, Metagross, of course. Um, Ember, Arcanine. Oh, yeah, no, so you're reading this. <laughs> Go on. It's okay. Ember, Arcanine. So Arcanine with Ember, both the Kanto and Hisuian. Um, it currently runs Snarl as its preferred move. Mm. It also has Fire Fang, Thunder Fang, and Bite. It would allow um, Arcanine, I'm thinking of the cancer. I don't know too much about the Hisuian Arcanine other than that it's Rock Fire, I believe. But um, yes, yes. Uh, just the Kanto one, it would enable Kanto Arcanine to get to Wild Charge in six embers or like six seconds, basically, um, which is pretty good. Um Shadow Arcanine would be even crazier with with Ember. I think it would be a, a really interesting pick, actually. Scald Araquanid. So Araquanid is known as being very bulky, but it doesn't have... You can't really run it as a water type uh, because its water move is just Bubble Beam, which is just a very low damage move that has a 100% chance to debuff your uh, opponent. So giving it an actual charge move. I feel like that would break the game. <laughs> no, no. Um, the, I think the last two... Actually, not the last two, but the next two I think would be pretty game-breaking. High Horsepower Snorlax. Uh, Snorlax currently has 
earthquake, but high horsepower, you'd be able to get to a lot faster. And then earthquake Altaria, I think it would just light Go Battle League on fire. Yeah. Like you would just, you would, there would be no more Go Battle League. <laughs> yeah, it would be gone. Like Altaria is already so darn good. And then you give it the ability to hit back super effectively against steel types. Get out of here. <laughs> No, no, absolutely so it, not. It sounds like Bandman Clayton really wanted kind of a, a switch up when this season started with some movesets, and he he didn't get what he wanted, so he's sending it to <laughs> you guys to burn everything to the ground. Like, if I didn't get what I want, let's go for broke, because I'm like looking at some of these, and I'm like, wow, that would be game-changing. This is Bandman yeah, Clayton going through the five stages of grief <laughs> right now. Yes. All right. I think your last one is probably the one I like the most. Uh, Canto Muck, I don't think gets enough love. And giving it all the elemental punches, not just Thunder Punch, but allowing it to have Ice Punch and Fire Punch as well. I think that's just fun. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, I agree. I think that just makes it fun. Have you ever, have you ever seen Muck play, Jamal? Uh, yes. Yes, yeah. I have. So it's got that uh, poison typing, straight poison. And yes. it's got poison jab as a fast move, which is uh, it's, it's a very solid move. It does some, some consistent damage. And then currently its best moveset is Thunder Punch and Dark Pulse, which uh, allows it to hit a lot of things for super effective damage, or at least neutral damage. Um, it does yeah, work in the, the Ultra League. Punch. I have it yeah. on my Ultra League team, and I love it. Yeah, so you've you've actually yeah used it yourself. You've built one and used yes. it in Ultra League. Yep, in Ultra League. Yes. Does it have to be an XL in Ultra League? It doesn't. Ha- it, it it helps, but it doesn't right. have to be. Okay, cool. Candy XL makes everything better. It's like frosting. It just makes <laughs> everything better. It just makes everything. It's better. like bacon. It's like bacon. Like you, you can put bacon on anything and it makes it better. You can put bacon on bacon and it makes it better. That's kind of <laughs> how Candy XL is. Bacon, bacon, pancakes. <laughs> bacon, bacon, pancakes. If you appreciate that reference, let me know. <laughs> All right, Fish, let's go ahead and bring in our shameless plugs to wrap up this show. Yeah, so we'd like to shout out the accomplishments of people in the Go-Kart community and the Pallet Town community, which is a community that I run. Being the end of the season, start of a new one, there's not too many left to shout out. We've got Janador, who hit 1,000 Ultra League wins, and Lachlan hit Ace. Shadow Prime hit Expert for the first time. Well done to all three of those trainers. All right, and then is there anything specifically going on in the Pallet Town community that you want to shout out, Fish? Uh, no, not in the Palatown community. I just uh, do want to shout out that I appeared on last week's episode of the BTW podcast. I went straight from recording with uh, you, Chris and Kyle, last week into this in, into this episode, and uh, we we ended up recording for over four hours, which was a record, a new record for them. So in total, it was like eight hours of podcasting for me that day. It was a pretty big day, but it was a really, really fun episode. So check that one out. It's, uh, I believe it is the episode before the most recent one. Awesome. And I set a date for when I want to return to streaming. That was one of my goals is to just pick 
when I want to try to get back into it. And I'm going to pick the week after my spring break. So that is going to be Monday, uh, March 27th. I want you all to hold me to it, even if it's just a short stream. That's the day I want to come back. So I'm, I'm putting cool. it out in the universe all right. to get back into Twitch streaming at that point. March 27th, was it? March 27th. March 20- Monday, written, March 27th. I've written it down. Yeah, we will bug you relentlessly about it. Excellent. So to close out, we love hearing your feedback, especially if you have any feedback about this being a separate show now. Uh, We want to hear what you think about it. If you have comments on that or any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct it to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box, which Chris talks about in the GoCast show. We might need to change that part of the outro, but that's fine. We'll stick with it for now. Uh, In the show description, you can click on More Fish or More DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And we'll see you next week. Thank you, Jamal, as well. Yeah! Bye!